morning, church. Good morning again on this beautiful day. My name is Andrew Nimlin. I'll be your worship guy. I just want to say thank you for those of you who are in service today. Let us prepare our heart for the letting of the candle. I notice you guys notice slack changes, right? Sorry for that. This is the announcement. We got a lot of announcement to be given, but what we'll do, we'll focus on few, and I would appreciate you can look in the bulletin to see more. First, let me give the announcement. Never made, made it in the announcement, right? This particular announcement never made it in the bulletin board. So this is about the trick-or-treat. Uh, it's on October 31st. Uh, if you're interested to, to, to come to the trick or treat, please make sure to contact Keith, our uh, director of ministry, student ministry. Um, I just want to remind member of the board of trustees, there will be a meeting on Monday, which is tomorrow on the 24th at 7 p.m. And also, there are a lot of depression in order either. If you're interested, uh, there will be a meeting or workshop her at the cultural hall at the Ryanisburg United Methodist Church. Uh, a representative from Central Ohio Council on Aging will be speaking. So if you're interested, once again, it will be held on October 25th at 7 p.m. And then uh, we'll have a special greet, especially during this time, uh, especially November, as we come closer to the end of the year. Greet share, we had a special uh, uh, greet share meeting so it'll be on november 19 at 1 p.m i want to encourage you for those who lost their loved ones if you know anyone to try to bring them to this special occasion you don't need to be part of our church 
um, to register for the occasion, you can call the church office or you sign on, on www.greenshare.org holiday event. It's a special event. So it's a one-day special event. We encourage you to come. Another thing, uh, we want to encourage each one of us who are in the position to come because that will be our blood drive. We want to encourage you. We are in partnership with OSU. So the blood drive will be here on November 23rd from 1 to 7 p.m. We'll be here right in the church here in the fellowship hall. So one good thing about this blood drive, if you give blood, you'll be able to receive an E, 15 out of E, uh, a gift card. So we want to encourage you to, to come and do that. Um, I think that's uh, an announcement. If you get any other announcement, if not, I want to say thank you. Um, No, he gave me a funny look. I don't know what that means. <laughs> I think he was asking me if he did it right. You did it right. Uh, before we get started, I want to say, let's see what's going over on, uh, here uh, in Amen Corner. Bob and Adelia Bropes would be so proud today to see all the Bropes family here. We're looking forward to the baptism. <laughs> let's stand now as we're able to sing this morning. Our first song is Open Our Eyes, Lord.
in this church. Let's pray that today, that those words are our truth in this church today. Victory in Jesus. <laughs>
victory, church, victory, amen. Thank you. It's a blessing. Please join me in the opening prayer. Holy Spirit, our defender and counselor, whenever we are in times of desperation, you testify to our hearts in the power of God. We are never alone because you are always with us. Gently guiding our path and leading us to life. Lead us through the trial we face and into the everlasting kingdom of heaven. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Spirit. Amen. Good morning, church. Check that again. Good morning, church. Let's see this real quick. Try one more time. Good morning, church. There I am. I hear me. There we go. It is great. That's right. Good morning. Oh, we're so excited. Thank you for being in worship with us. Hello to those online. Welcome as well. Uh, it's a very special Sunday. And uh, we have a baptism that's going to take place here on behalf of the Brobst family uh, that we are very excited about. And uh, we have some visitors here today. Welcome to all of you. Thanks for being here. And uh, yeah. And thank you so much for supporting this family and their decision to raise this child in the faith. And just by being here, uh, you've shown your love for them, so thank you all for being represented uh, here today. As we uh, do come before the Lord here, do uh, want to remind us what the purpose of baptism is. And so, brothers and sisters in Christ, through the sacrament of baptism, we are initiated into Christ's holy church. We are incorporated into God's mighty acts of salvation. We are given new birth through water and the Spirit. All of this is God's gift offered to us without price. And so I present to you today, Colt Brobst for baptism. Will the family please come? Well, as we come here today on behalf of the church, as parents that raised this child in the ways of the faith, we do ask you to, once again, pledge your faith here today. And so I ask you on behalf of the whole church, do you renounce the spiritual forces of wickedness, reject the evil powers of this world, and repent of your sin? Do you accept the freedom and power God gives you to resist evil, injustice, and oppression in whatever forms they present themselves? Do you confess Jesus Christ as your Savior, put your whole trust in his grace, and promise to serve him as your Lord, in union with the church which Christ has opened to people of all ages, nations, and races. And finally, will you nurture cult in Christ's holy church, that by your teaching and example they may be, he may be guided to accept God's grace for himself, and profess his faith openly, and to lead a Christian life? Those are good answers. <laughs> we'll take them here today. As we continue to worship here today, let us pray over the water. Eternal Father, when nothing existed but chaos, you swept over across the dark waters and brought forth light. In the days of Noah, you saved those on the ark through water, and after the flood, you sent in the clouds a rainbow. When you saw your people as slaves in Egypt, you led them through freedom through the sea. Their children you brought through the Jordan to the sign of the land in which you had promised. In the fullness of time, you sent Jesus, nurtured in the water of a womb. He was baptized by John and anointed by your spirit. 
He called his disciples to share in the baptism of his death and resurrection and to make disciples of all nations. And so, Father, pour out your Holy Spirit and bless this gift of water and those who receive it. May it wash away their sin and clothe them in righteousness throughout their lives, that in dying they may be raised with Christ and share in his final victory. Amen. <laughs> You're going to stay with me just for one second. Well, what name is given to this child? This is your church family. Colt, I baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. May the Holy Spirit work within you that having been born by water and the Spirit, you may grow to be a faithful disciple of Jesus Christ. All right, you want that mama, don't you? <laughs> I enjoyed being with you, though. Thank you so much. Well, we are going to take some time. Church, I want to introduce you to uh, our newest baptized uh, baby here today. So we're going to walk around and just uh, get a chance to see Colt. Before we do that, though, there's actually a pledge that you make to this family by being members of this church and being uh, regular attenders of this church. You are also making a pledge here today that for as long as you are a part of this church, that as Colt grows up in it, you are going to do your best to support this church, to help him grow in the faith, to teach him the ways of Jesus, that one day he may decide for his own that Jesus Christ is his Lord and Savior and stand before this congregation and publicly declare it if that is his wish. Church, do you pledge that for this family? Yeah. All right, we're going to go around and say hi real quick. Yeah, come on down. Thank you for being part of this today. It's been such a pleasure, Colt. And uh, we do have a certificate of baptism. We want to hand this over to you. And there's a gift on behalf of Kelly and I and also the church as well, a little gift here, a little book for him to read and to teach him about the faith as you read it to him. And uh, oh, if you want to read it too, you're welcome to as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, as they're here today, I want to say a prayer, but uh, I want to do a special prayer today because we're not only praying for Colt, but actually uh, the Brobst have transferred their membership to our church And so I want to introduce you, if you haven't got to meet Peyton and Hannah, as well as Bo and Colt. They're uh, going to be our newest members here today and officially recognized. We're going to uh, do our prayer and all that. Normally we do that in the service where we introduce them. We're doing that now, but they will join me in the, the receiving line afterwards so you have a chance to greet them and, and say hello. But let's offer a prayer for both Colt and his family. Lord, we come to you now, and God, we pray over Colt. May he be raised in the faith. May all the pledges that we make here today stand true in his life. And not only would he know deep inside his heart that you are the Lord and Savior that loves him beyond all he knows, but that, God, he could be a light and a vessel to this world to reflect your glory, to grow up in this church, 
to not only claim the faith one day through confirmation, but also, God, to lead the church in its many ministries and to do amazing things for your kingdom. We pray for the rest of this family. May they also be just welcomed here. May they find not only this, a church home, but a place to do great ministry. May you use all the gifts you've given each of them for the fullness of your glory, and that, God, they could be part of our, our church family for many, many years to come. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, guys. Let's church. Let's greet them here today. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thanks, baby. Thanks, Kelly. <laughs> You know, I, don't, I just want to keep on baptizing. Anybody else want to come up here today? You know, it's always fun. As we are here today, uh, we want to continue to worship, and we're going to do that uh, in a special way. It's already that time of the year again where we're going to have a special mission moment, and uh, we are going to invite uh, Debbie Summer to come up at this time, and she's going to share with us about uh, the Operation Christmas Child. So, Debbie. My name is Edouard Ndeki, and I'm from Senegal. 95% of people where I grow up are not Christian. But from all of that population, God picked my dad to be a pastor. Growing up was not easy seeing your friends going to school. We have to stay at home because my parents didn't have money to send us at school. I was so upset because all my friends have everything they want. When I say, Dad, why we are not blessed like them? And he said, even if you don't eat, even if you don't have stuff, Edward, remember that you have God. I was involved in the group Good News Club. That Wednesday was amazing. We were coming to have fun, laughter, to do all of that, and uh, we received a box. We opened it. In the side of the box was toothbrush. I didn't have toothbrush when I was growing up. We used charcoals and salt to brush our teeth. Having it for the first time was just a miracle. This is the wow. It was wrapped like this. I didn't know what is inside. Carefully, this is my yo-yo. This is my yo-yo. Every day, every night, with the neighborhood, we always play. Someone cares. God, He cares so much. He has to use someone somewhere around the world to pack my box. I came to United States because of my background, because track athlete. I was involved in the church in my local town. And one time, I saw the boxes I received when I was 14. And I was so excited. I didn't have words. I was just like, what is, what is this? Where did this come from? It's reality here, people. It's you guys are doing this for real? And they say, yes. I say, I received one when I was 14. And everybody was so happy. Everybody was looking at me like, yes, you are in our church. Seeing God connecting me being 14 and coming to United States and to see the two elements just connected as a perfect picture, show me that I'm in the right spot. I'm in the right place serving the Lord. Daniel is my son. Daniel is the version of Edward in Senegal, but in the United States. 
Talking to him is the opportunity like my dad told me. No matter what you struggle with, remember, you have a God that loves you. Daniel packed box, and he liked to say also his dad received one. In the corner of this universe, you have a kid that is waiting for you to pack a box for them. It's not just a shoe box that you are packing. You are changing lives. This morning, that baptism, it just brings back a lot of memories from when our kids were. Um, it's that time of year again for Operation Christmas Child. You know, it's amazing how much love gets put into these boxes. You know, these are going to children all over the world. And for some of them, they've never received a gift before, and they open it up, and there's full of goodies and toys and just so much. But you know what? Operation Christmas Child is more than just the shoe box that's filled with toys. It's also important, one of the greatest things they receive is um, a book that's called The Greatest Journey. That greatest journey tells them about who Jesus is, why he came, and what he can do for their lives. Um, one of the statements that the gentleman made in this, in this video was that his dad had told him, even if you don't eat, even if you don't have stuff, Remember that you have God, and that is the most important gift. These boxes are in the back. Um, you can take them, fill them. Um, we need to have all boxes back by November 13th. And in the next couple of days, there's going to be a link that's going to be put up on our website. We're waiting to get that um, set up and get approved by um, Samaritan's Purse. And so if you want to go on, on the website, you'll also be able to fill um, a box through there. If you have any questions, feel free to come and ask me or any other mi um, member of the missions team. Thank you. There we go. As we uh, do continue to worship, I do want to mention to you that we uh, do have time for prayer. Uh, if you have a prayer request, you're welcome to send it into our prayer chain. You can do that at prayer at groveportumc.org. Also want to mention to you that we do have our prayer concerns that are printed into the uh, bulletin here this week. Uh, we did actually have a week, uh, believe it or not, that everything's up to date. Uh, it's a miracle. I think it's the first time since I've been here <laughs> that that's happened, yeah. But uh, as far as I know, everything is up to date here. Uh, we do want to, first of all, extend our sympathies, of course, to the Dennis family and the passing of Bob this past week, and especially Sandy. Uh, we do want to just mention to uh, continue to lift them up in prayers. Um, Bob was chosen to be cremated, and uh, we're still working with the family. We, we may not have a, our, we're not sure if there will be a memorial service or not, but we'll keep you informed, of course, if there is one that comes up in these coming days. You see other prayer concerns that are listed there, as always. We always lift up in those long-term care, as well as military service. I do also want to mention to you, of course, we've always been in prayer for this, but uh, we do have, of course, denominational decisions that are upcoming. Uh, part of that, though, is that Tim Bias, our district superintendent, 
is going to come and speak to us. Uh, again, that's going to be on November the 10th. It's a Thursday night at 7 p.m. I know some of us uh, may have some honor flights and things like that that are going on that day. We will record it uh, and make it available for those that uh, can't be here that evening. So just know that that will be a possibility. Uh, do want to remind you also that only will be coming and sharing with us about the process. Uh, we also want to remind us, uh, we also want to be reminded that is by the annual conference. I want to remind everyone that if the church would ever choose to not be United Methodist, you can still stay and be a United Methodist uh, church member. And of course, uh, the conference would like to help you with that as well as as your pastor, I would like to help you with that as well, too, if that time should ever come. Again, that's not a decision that we've made or that we know we're making, but uh, we know that uh, if it is a possibility, we at least want to remind you of that here today. With all that being said, we do have the altar rails that are available, and so you're welcome to come on down and pray this morning. Um, if you do come down, for those that are visiting with us, uh, a lot of times church members will come down and place their hands upon those that are kneeling, and that is a, a way for us to come to the altar together to pray for each other and be part of uh, this this journey of life together. And so now let us go to the Lord in a time of prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus Christ, and Holy Spirit, we are so thankful to be in your presence here today, that you are the God who was called out before ages and eons ago, known about this moment, and known, Lord, that while we were a people and, a, and our hearts very far from you, God, that you loved us enough to send Jesus Christ to this earth. And that, Lord, in the fullness of time, not only was he revealed as the Messiah, but he gave himself up for the, on the cross, died his death. And on the third day, that empty tomb, the stone was rolled. And God, he has lived and living now and forevermore. Jesus Christ, we, your church, see you sitting at the right hand of the Father even now. And Lord, we lift up your name as Lord of the universe. God, we're so thankful for these things and reminded once again that this is our story. This is whatever else happens in our life. Those are and incomparable to the glory of being called your children. 
and that, God, you have loved us so much to share this love to us. As we're here, God, we want to be your people. We want to be to your church. We want to be transformed by your spirit. And so, Holy Spirit, continue to settle on our hearts and on our shoulders here today, that we could be renewed and changed and forever bought by your blood and sent out to this world to do you and build your kingdom and to love others. As we hear, God, we do know that there's many burdens in our world, many things that hold us back. And so, God, we pray for these issues and these things. We pray especially for those who grieve here today and those that have lost loved ones. May God, your Holy Spirit, be with them in these moments, especially when they don't know which way to turn or what to do or just make sense of life anymore. God, we pray that your Holy Spirit would imbue them with peace, that loved ones would be available and readily to be able to be reached, to walk alongside in life's journey. God, we pray for those who are sick. May they be brought healing. We pray for those who have been given bad diagnoses or those that have upcoming surgeries or recovering from surgeries. We pray for them. For God, for our shut-ins and those that, Lord, can't make it to church and be in our presence anymore, we pray for them. For those, Lord, who are frontline defenders, those that are first responders, those, God, that are working to bring peace all throughout the earth and going into very dangerous places or having very dangerous jobs, we pray, Lord, for them that you would be safe and that, God, they'd be brought home to their families. God, we do pray for our world. We pray for those still recovering from hurricanes. We pray for those who are on the edge of war or even in war. We pray for refugee families that have been split apart. We pray, Lord, for world leaders in their quest and seek for peace. We do, Lord, pray for our church as well. Lord, we always want to be faithful to you, and so help us to hear your voice and hear it plainly. We pray for world leaders around the world as well as those in your church. God, finally, we pray for ourselves. Again, transform us and change us into your likeness. May God fill our hearts with goodness that it could overflow into others. Finally, God, as we're here today, we, your people, come and we pray for the prayer requests that are brought before us every single week and will be upon each and every heart here. And Lord, we do pray again for ourselves and we pray the prayer that you taught those that would follow you. So we pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Church, it's the time of giving. Um, you can give three ways at Global United Methodist Church. Either you can mail your check to 51 East Main Street, Groveport, Ohio, 43125, or you can go online uh, to go to our Ezekiel program, and also you can add up, put your check at the back of this plate, or we've got another plate back there. At this time, can you please stand for the dustology, please?
Lord Jesus, in a special, we want to say thank you for your gift. We want to praise you and glorify you this morning. Thank you for the giver. Thank you for those who are not giving. Lord, you're the God who made everything. May this gift be used for its right purpose. We just want to say thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Our scripture reading today is taken from the New International Version, Philippians 4, 14 to 19. Yet it was good of you to share in my troubles. Moreover, as you Philippian knows, in the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel, which I set up from Macedonia, I want you to share with me in the matter of giving and receiving, except you own it. For even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me aid more than once when I was in need. Not that I desire your giving. What I desire is that more be credited to your account. I receive full payment and more and have more than enough. I'm amply supplied, amply supplied. Now that I have received from affected to the gifts you sent, they are pregnant offering and acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. This is the word of the Lord. Well, good morning, church. Good morning. Hello to those online. Welcome to you as well. Uh, we've had a great day of worship so far, and uh, let's keep it going. What do you say, church? That's right. Amen. That's right. Well, as we're gathered here today, we are in a sermon series. Woo! And uh, for those that haven't been with us, I want to do just a quick explanation because the name doesn't make any sense. We're in a sermon series called God's Electric Power Company, which is total gibberish. It means absolutely nothing except that uh, it's a little device to remember the order of some books in the Bible. Uh, specifically Paul's letters on uh, the order they're, that they're in. And so G for gods is actually the Galatians. Uh, e is actually the Ephesians. P is Philippians. And C is the Colossians. And so if you've ever are a trivia and you say, hey, these four books of the Bible, put them in order, you now can do that. You're welcome. I know you need that, right? Or if you're in a Jeopardy contest or something. Uh, if you do win a lot of money in Jeopardy, though, just remember the sermon series somehow in this church uh, in that uh, winnings. As uh, we do get going, though, we are uh, in the third week, so we're actually in the power part or the Philippians part of our sermon series that we're jumping into today. And so what we've been doing is instead of kind of getting into the weeds, so to speak, of all the different great, amazing verses in these books, I mean, there's just so many good things to, to preach on. In fact, uh, planning this series, one of the hardest things to do is to figure out all the things i got to set aside to focus on, the big picture, right? And so we've been focused on the big picture of each of these different books and specifically, uh, all the issues that are kind of around that. What was it written? Why was it written? And all those different things that we'll jump into uh, here today. But first, we got to understand, again, not every church is the same place. The Mediterranean world, especially where Paul is writing all these letters, is, is very diverse. It's very different wherever you go. And this is where the Philippi, Philippi, Philippi is, is what I'm trying to say, the church of Philippi, 
It is in what we call modern-day Greece, that specific part of Greece that's Macedonia that's up there, kind of off that kind of peninsula, but up towards the mainland. Uh, and that's where it is. Now, it's a very interesting place because unlike some of the other places that we've seen so far, Philippi was actually a full-on Roman colony. Specifically, it was a colony that was set up and designed to be basically Rome in another place, right? And so if you were there, it acted like Rome, it was Rome, it was everything was to do with Rome, and in fact, if you ever served in the army, part of your retirement was to go live in a place like Philippi. And so you can imagine this place is, when they say anybody is Lord, it is Caesar is Lord. No one else gets that claim. It is hardcore, big thing. And the gods are the gods of the Romans, and the people act like Romans, they dress like Romans, they, you know, they do everything like the Romans do, because, guess what? They're Romans. It's a Roman colony. That's exactly who they are. And there was a lot of military service, a lot of nationalistic part of kind of pride, if you will, a lot, of, a lot of veterans, if you will, would retire there and be living their life and their family and be given land there. And so it was a very uh, big place to be, yay, Rome, 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 right? And so when Jesus comes along, right, or not Jesus himself, but Jesus' followers come along and say, hey, Jesus is Lord, you can expect there were some issues, right, in such a context, in such a setting. And of course, we do hear about that. But we want to focus on this question. So like big picture wise, why is Paul writing this letter again? Because again, we want to remind ourselves this is that Paul is going through great lengths and any church, any letter that's written, any documentation that's, that's written in these times is extremely expensive. And not everybody can write, so they're almost positively hiring a scribe to write for them if they're not even a believer was there to actually could write and do these things. And then they had to actually pay someone to deliver it and send them uh, to go and deliver these things. And so, of course, what happened in those days is if you could go in person, if Paul could get there himself, he'd just go, right? If Paul could send a designation, designated person on his behalf, someone that he trusted and knew would do the right thing or solve an issue or a problem, he would just send them. And so when we get the letters of the Bible, basically those two things haven't happened. And the third option is I'm sending a letter, right? And so through great cost and a great effort, and you know, these things are drafted over and over again before they're actually sent. It's a huge, long process. But they are sent, and we still have record of these because the churches shared them with each other. Not only did this letter go to the, the church in Philippi, but they said, hey, these are really good. Let's copy them and send them off. And so they sent them to all the churches. And you know, within a couple of centuries, every church around the whole entire Mediterranean had copies of letters such as these because they were found to be so valuable and so needed in the world, and they explained the gospel in so many different ways. Now, the church of Philippi is just like Ephesus. There's a bunch of stories in the Bible about the church and its growth there. For instance, if you go to Acts chapter 16, uh, you'll see, uh, a slide real quick there. You go to Acts chapter 16, you'll notice a bunch of different stories that happened actually in the gospel getting to the church in Philippi. Uh, this is actually a picture of the kind of amphitheater that was there. Uh, it is a, was, again, a Roman colony, so they did all sorts of things like Romans. So they had naturally had a big, huge amphitheater where all sorts of events would take place and things like that. And it's a, a great place to go see ruins if you're ever going around and seeing stuff to, uh, to go over there and see it. But what happens actually in the story is Paul is given a vision. And he's sitting around. He's, he's actually kind of more like over in Turkey area. And he's given a vision, and it basically was somebody in his vision saying, I'm from Macedonia. Come share the gospel with me. And so he wakes up, and guess what he does? It's on his, his journey, right? And he gets up on his horse, or if you will, his, his chariot, if you will, or his boat, if you will, and goes straight over to the Macedonian area. When he gets there, he goes to different places, does different things. But one of the people that he meets is Lydia, 
who is a dyer and seller of purple cloth, which means that she is a very wealthy, a very influential, a very big person in the world to know. She is someone that uh, has a lot of authority, a lot of power, and all these different things. And it says that when they came across these people that were dying purple dyes, that these, uh, there was a bunch of women, and they heard the gospel from Paul, which is telling because they actually, you know, they intermingled with Paul and, the, and when he came in there. But then they also said, hey, this is great news. And they said, hey, come to our house. And so they actually started a home church in those houses of the, of the purple dyer, the cloth dyers, if you will, in that day. And so this church starts off, actually, normally it would just kind of start off in Jewish kind of context and things like that. But this church started off by people hearing the gospel and saying, yes, this is good news. But not only that, but there's a whole bunch of other stories. There's, there's a whole story about a fortune teller and a spirit that you can go look up. There's a, uh, the story also that uh, Paul gets put into prison and his comrades and there's the whole story of the jailer who, uh, uh, you know, there's this whole kind of thing where the, the God works in these great ways and the jail is opened up and Paul could have just walked right out. But he doesn't. <laughs> and so the jailer shows up and goes, he sees the door open and he knows his life is dead because if these, these prisoners have escaped, it's his life on the line. That's how this works. And so he gets there and Paul and them are still there. And they're singing hymns. And he's like, who are you guys, right? And so Paul and them are able to share the gospel with him. His life changes. His whole house gets baptized and gets into the faith. And God's just doing amazing work all around in these stories. You can go again and read about it in Acts chapter 16. And so Paul, again, just like the Ephesians, had a very deep relationship with the Philippians. They were really known to him. And in fact, when you read through this book, you'll notice a few different times he really mentions them in some great, amazing ways. This is a church that's doing everything right. And in fact, Philippians is one of my favorite books, actually, and a bunch of different reasons for that. But when you read through it, it's just one of these great books that Paul is just constantly just extending joy after joy after joy. It's like one of these books of just joy. If you want some joy in your life, read some Philippians, right? Just find it out, just open it up and start reading. But I also like it because it's kind of a master class, if you will. And I'll get to that in just a minute, what I mean by that. Now, when Paul writes this, just like when he's writing Ephesians, he's actually in jail. You remember what he said to the Ephesians when he was in jail? He said, um, hey, I'm in jail. And he said, don't be discouraged. In fact, don't be, if you don't want to be discouraged, show me that you're not discouraged. Live in these ways. He gave him a whole list of things that they were supposed to do. What's interesting that when he writes to Philippi, the, the message isn't just nuanced. It's almost categorically different and deeper, I would say. We'll see that here in just a minute. But for instance, we know this because uh, Paul writes, like, for instance, in this verse, he says, uh, in 4.18, he says, I have received full payment. And have more than enough. I am amply supplied now that I have received from Epaphroditus, that's a person, the gifts you have sent. They are a fragrant offering and acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. In other words, what has happened in the days is, remember, if you're in prison back in this time, you're not really in a jail, or, or you're not in prison if to say that you're for your life. You're waiting, you're your kind of coming to the court and actually getting your verdict. And you weren't supplied food. You weren't, if it was cold, you didn't get blankets. Nothing happened. You relied on people coming to you and bringing things. And so what has happened is Paul is in jail. As we read through this rest of the book, we understand that. And what has happened is the church in Philippi has sent gifts, as in monetary gifts and things to supply Paul, if you will, to Paul while he's in prison. And Epaphroditus has come. He's the person who's brought this. And we read in it that Epaphroditus actually got sick on the behalf of this journey, almost died and things like that. And Paul reports back to him, hey, he's doing fine. He's doing great in this book and all these different things, but he reminds him, hey, I got this gift. And it's a pleasing and great, beautiful thing. And so one of the primary reasons why Paul writes this letter is he's writing to a church that's doing everything right, 
He's saying thank you. He's letting them know, hey, I received what you sent, and it's more than enough. It's super generous. It's such a blessing. You don't have to send anything else. I'm good, right? We got this, right? Thank you so much, and you're providing this. And not only that, but Epaphroditus has been faithful, the person you sent to bring these gifts to me. He not only got here, and you, you heard he was sick, but hey, he's okay. And so all these things are why Paul's writing back in this time to this church. But of course, Paul being Paul didn't just say, hey, thanks for the gift, Paul, right? He's like, whoa, I'm already writing to him. Let's encourage him some more, right? And so this church that's doing everything right, he actually extends the master class. And what I mean by that is this, is that, you know, remember when you took, uh, well, those in you know, school and things like that, if you went to college and things, uh, there was those intro classes, right, for your major or whatever. And then there were like kind of the, the meteor classes. And then there were kind of like the mastery classes at the end, right? Well, same thing here, right, is what I'm trying to say, is that if you look at the message that Paul has here, it's not the intro message. It's not, hey, remember Jesus, here's what he did for you, right, even though he always take some time to do that and remind people. It's not his main purpose. So it's not the intro class. And a lot of the things that, hey, do this, do this, do this, do this, is also there, but it's not really the thrust of what he's saying. He's giving the master class of a faithful church and a faithful people throughout this book. Now here's what I mean by that. Remember in Ephesians, he goes on and he says, he says in so many different ways, like, do this, do this, do this. But in Philippians... He totally takes something that you and I encounter in every single person on earth and flips it. You've heard of suffering, you've heard of persecution, you've heard of all these different things. And in so many ways we'd say, oh Lord, please don't bring this in my life. Please don't, please don't, please don't. And he's writing to a people, again, when they go out and preach Jesus as Lord, it's not safe. They're in Philippi. It is Roman. Caesar is Lord. No one else is. And so to just proclaim that is a huge, huge risk of your life. And yet, people do. And so he says these words in, he, in chapter 2 of Philippians. He says, I'll just read it to you here. He says, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion make my joy complete, be like-minded, having the same love and being one in spirit and in purpose. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should not only look after to his own interests, but also those of the interest of others. Which again, okay, so do this, do this, do this. And then he goes, here's why. And he reminds us who Jesus is and what Jesus has done. And so he quotes, he says, your attitude should be the same of Christ Jesus, who being the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God as something to be grasped, but instead he made himself nothing taking on the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as man, he humbled himself and became obedient even to death, even to death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every other name, the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. Caesar doesn't like that, by the way. And in heaven, on earth, and in under earth, that every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. And then he goes on and he says, hey, if you do this, it will shine like a star. Now, did you see what he did there? In this, he wasn't just saying, hey, do this, do this. He's saying, be like Jesus. And specifically, how do you be like Jesus? You don't grasp for power. Matter of fact, you flip it upside down and you do everything you can to humble thyself, 
to give the power to others and to love other people through service and through becoming like them. He goes on and he says many times in this book, hey, be like me. And he's doing the exact same things. And he even redefines suffering. He says, yeah, I'm in chains. But you know what? That's okay. Because to live is Christ. To die is Christ. If I go before you know, the, the authorities and they kill me, it's to my gain. I'm with Jesus. If I don't, it's to your gain because I'm here and I get to keep preaching and doing different things. Everything is for Jesus. And he goes on and he talks about the sufferings that he's encountered. He says, hey, I've encountered all sorts of stuff. I've encountered being hungry. I've encountered being you know, weak. I've encountered being strengthened and all these different things. And yet I know this truth. You guys know this verse that's quoted often in Philippians 4.13. In the context, he's saying, I can endure all things through Christ who strengthens me. In other words, when he's given this master class, he's saying, be like Jesus. Empty yourself. And he's doing this very thing. He's emptied himself to where he's in jail. Epaphroditus, he gives the example, has emptied himself to where he almost died because he got sick. He gives the example of Timothy, who's emptied himself to where he's been faithful with, with God's church. And in fact, we read on in later chapters of Paul's letters that Timothy is kind of like the torchbearer of Paul later on when he's chosen by Paul sort of carry the churches, or to carry the torch that is for many different churches in his letters to him. You see, God wants us to empty ourselves. Again, that image, that's so amazing. And in the midst of all this, this was a church I just looked up. Every now and then I like to look up the, the, what other churches do for their PowerPoints, and I just grabbed this and ripped it off. No idea, because they just have their symbols, so I had no idea who to give credit to. But I love it, because it just says Philippians. And there's a little kid, of course, in their boots, in the rain. It's raining, and all sorts of crazy stuff's going on. But you know what a kid does with rain. He's an opportunity, right? And what Paul is saying is, hey, your sufferings, when you get persecuted, or when all those things happen to you, rejoice, because you're like Jesus. He says again, this, this is the book of joy. If you read it, he's saying, hey, all this stuff's going to happen to you, but rejoice because you're being like Jesus. You're being like Jesus. It's full of joy. And this great irony that happens in life is that you would think the way in our world, the way to joy would be to get as much as you can, excel your job as much as you can, get all the things that everybody looks at and says, oh, we need that, we need that, we need that. And Scripture says, no, rubbish. Empty yourself for joy. Serve other people for joy and do amazing things. We don't have time to talk about it today, but just another quick note. There's some interesting things to think about in the consequences of, we looked at kind of the idea of uh, what it means for the church when Paul writes different letters, because he mentions in this letter a bunch of different women who are leaders throughout the story. Also in Acts, we, we hear, read about it too. And so one of the things that we have to look at this book, and whenever we read interpreting scripture, is you have to take this book with other books and put them together and try to figure out what Paul is saying. So sometimes when we quote Paul in some other books, you have him saying this, but he doesn't say that to the Philippian church. And so there's some interesting things, especially with the role of women and the role of ministry and their role and their, their faithfulness in the church uh, to discuss, and we'll, it's beyond today's scripture, but just to make mention of it here today. But if we're going to take one thing from Philippians, it's be like Jesus. Humble thyself, even through suffering that's when the Lord is lifted up. That's also when you find joy. That's also when life to its fullest and its truest becomes part of who you are in the lives around you as well. Let us pray. Lord, as we're here today, we thank you so much again for your love. We thank you so much for being in this room. God, it's not an easy thing to humble ourselves. It's not an easy thing to not seek power or comfort or all the creature things of this world. But Lord, we know that when we don't 
pursue those things and instead pursue loving people. When we pursue emptying ourselves and helping others, when we pursue being the best we can be for our family and giving our kids the best attention we can, when we do our work to its fullest and actually try to improve the people's lives that come in or out of whatever we do for our work, when we faithfully be part of our friends' lives and be there for them when hard times come upon us. For all these things and much, much more, Lord, we know that you're honored. So God, again, we take these steps of faith to become like you, to not just do actions that are Christian-ish, but actually be like Jesus. So God, to bring in the kingdom of heaven to this earth. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. We were thrilled to have the baptism today and have all of you with us, and, and uh, we need to reach out to families when they join the church, and one way I reach out, of course, is through music, and I reached out to Susan this week, and I asked her if there was anything special, any special hymn they would like, and she mentioned that this was one of Hannah's grandmother's favorites, and I'm sure it's a favorite of a lot of you. So let's stand this morning and sing In the Garden.
worship with us once again today. I'm going to invite uh, the Brooks family to come on down with me. Uh, again, we've already introduced them, but they'll walk out with me. You guys can say hello and welcome our newest members of our church and congratulate them once again. As we go, I want to hear this, uh, let's say, share this benediction that is uh, from Philippians. Once again, I just lost it. Hold on a second. There we go. Philippians chapter 4, verse 4. It says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all, but the Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, in prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Jesus Christ. May that go with you now and forever. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.